Welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has the science and the screaming to determine what the best movie is of any given year. This year is 2002. Before I introduce this week's panelists, know this, that the show is also a game, which points will be awarded for well-made arguments, cogent thoughts about the film, jokes, and anything else I feel like awarding. The winner will be my best friend for a week and have gloating rights. Tonight's panelists are... You know them. You feel about them. It's Greg. Oh, <laughs> kind of a kind of a tepid entrance, but that's all right. You, you decide for yourself, listeners, if if Greg's got that little something that you're looking for. And if I'm not for you, you know what? I'll change. I'll literally do anything just to have you say I like you or I accept you. Like anything, any to anyone. I'll give up anything. I don't care. I'm a little I'm a little affection grub, and I'm just, just on the ground writhing around trying to get all the affection that I possibly can. <laughs> we like that kind of soul bang here on the show. <laughs> it's embarrassing for you, but you got a point for it. <laughs> his challenger. You're not sure if you know him, and that seems mysterious. Maybe he's holding things back, so that is attractive. It's Ryan. What do you got? Oh, wait. <laughs> Did you say, when you introduced me, say, what are you rebelling against? Yeah. Sorry, one more time. <laughs> Let's do, do that it way. that way, Mike. And and what is he rebelling against? Podcasting. <laughs> Let's <Wow>. do this. <laughs> He's rebelling against podcasting. I will never hate just telling me to do a line read over again <laughs> and give me a line. Well, <laughs> I have to make up everything I say every week. I hate it. <laughs> you guys, I'm. Are we good? Is everybody on the show good today? I feel like both of you <laughs> need a. I don't know, some medication or something. Oh, because of what I said about being a little grub and writhing around on the ground for affection. Mike just, just hating every single thing that he says. <laughs> I've like, I come to the show to ha- be have the highest self esteem in a group. Out of this is the first time in my life, and this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the three of us, though, right? Because if anybody else comes in, they're gonna have a just the three of us chatting away. Just the three of us, <laughs> we can make it if we try. Uh, oh the my poly goodness, anthem, I love it. Hey, Mike, can not... we? Uh, can we take that over again where you sing that song and just okay. don't sing anything at all? Just move on quickly. Ooh. Ooh. You know what? I like your honesty and your brutality. I'm still going to hit with the daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. Now it doesn't make sense because we took out the part where you sang it, but I just like that part. But that we got that clean. Oh, yeah. drop. It's just Greg. <laughs> There's no way any of this is getting edited out. So we like to do the classic thing. of <laughs> uh, uh, We want the stricken from the record. All listeners, like the jury, right. must forget that any of that happened. Hey. Hey. And if you don't, you'll get thrown in jail. Yeah, dude. Try it. Our try lawyers it. are amazing. I fucking I'm a dare hardcore, you to. I'm a hardcore abolitionist, except when it comes to listeners who don't strike what we say from the record <laughs> after we say strike it from the record. Then you can re- go over to Strikers Island. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's have all that stricken from the record real quick. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, listeners, the forget the thing about oh, the Strikers Island. I just got to know. The board said it is weird vibes tonight. We don't know if the three of you can handle Chicago, so we're getting a real Chicagoan to come in and do this. Oh fuck! The but, the roof is opening up, Mike. Is somebody gonna oh. land in here? Parachute in here? I think I see a bungee jump. Put your hands together for the daredevil himself from Chicago. Chicago's daredevil, Taylor. Hey, beat this pizza to see the tower that comes. It's me. And you know what? I want you to hate me. I'm the bad boy of podcasting straight from Chicago. Bada bing, bada boom. 
That was a lot to get out before the bungee cord went back. And now we <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still, I am still in free fall. I'll be back in 15 seconds. I, <laughs> I'm just going to bounce have, around. <laughs> I haven't given a second note that he will be podcasting like this all night. So just quick bursts and then he disappears for a while. I do have to say thank you, Taylor, for along with Taylor and I think maybe Queen Latifah for the two people associated with the musical Chicago who like decided to maybe try to affect a little bit of the accent? <laughs> yeah, no one, no one else did. Everyone else, yeah. Did. Uh, sorry, hey, no one else, no one else did my real authentic accent. You know, <laughs> uh, Taylor. Just for our listeners' sake, you can put on like what we like to call a normal accent, which means from Southern California, if you would. Okay, I'll try. Make all your vowel sounds the same. <laughs> now, all right, I, I would. I'll do it. <laughs> Sounds like the I fucking weirdest <laughs> greeting at the end of the okay. night. And to you, make all your vowel sounds the same. Goodbye. <laughs> and also to you. And to you. And may your consonants be sharp. <laughs> now, Taylor, other than being the most famous podcaster from Chicagoland, uh, you were given a list of movies and said, hey, come join. And you chose this. Why? What does Chicago mean to you? Um, Chicago is a movie that I know that people love and I had forgotten most of it mm-hmm. uh, and thought I would enjoy watching the motion picture Chicago and discussing it with my friends, mostly because I re- I remembered that it was good and that Richard Gere was in it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't remember seeing Richard Gere recently in my life. And <laughs> I thought to myself, what better way than to see him in the beautiful city of Chicago? And man, was that not a disappointment. Who oh boy. City of lights. Ah, the, the city of brotherly love. The big pie in the sky. Motor city. The city that never sleeps. I'm out. City I'm of out. dreams. The Mindy city. city. The Mindy city. Based That's on the, the Mindy, Mindy project. project there we go. Rebranded. <laughs> Gregory. Yes. What are your thoughts? Before uh, this week, yeah. what was your relationship to Chicago? I saw this movie in the theaters, Mike, when it came right. out and was absolutely blown away by its pace and energy and excitement and its sexiness, if I can say that. Um, and uh, since then, I have... Watching it, this, like, watching it for this podcast made me realize I actually haven't seen the movie that much. I have listened to the soundtrack many, many times. My wife is a big fan of it. So I think I've seen the movie three or four times, always liked it. Um, and I am familiar with the soundtrack because it's just, it's a good one. It is a good one. And Ryan, relationship to Chicago? Yeah, uh, basically the same as Greg's. I was a little nervous this week because, I don't know, like these movies don't hold up. And so often, like I'm not a big Boz Lerman fan. And so that made me scared. Do you mean like big bright flashy movies i mean like don't know how to edit or direct <laughs> um and so uh this it kind of scared me going into this because i think this is one year after moulin rouge a movie that i do not like at all um and plus these movies are very can be very uh sort of like fireworky in that you enjoy it while it's going and you like the lights and the explosions but then it just disappears and if you watch it again it's like oh i notice all the flaws so i was a little nervous like but- the song firework by Katy perry Famously from Chicago. Right. Um, <laughs> but watching it, uh, and, you know, it won the Oscar. Like, how good could this possibly be? Like, we're. A ton. We watch independent foreign movies 
where nothing happens. This is an Oscar winner where stuff happens. I, I, this is not going to be good. What? And I fucking had a blast. Like, there are yeah, nits to pick. There are some things to say and get into. But uh, just, like, as a two-hour experience, fuck yeah, Chicago. Especially as, like, an initial 45-minute experience, right? Like, I mean, this thing comes screaming out of the gates, and it you feel like it's never going to slow down. And then when it does, I think that's one of the first kind of small disappointments in the movie. But the first, like, 45 minutes, hour is just chocker block. It's just full of oh, yeah. excitement and entertainment. This thing motors, just like Chicago, the motor city. Come on, Taylor. You know that's not true. <laughs> uh, it is true city. about the film. <laughs> That we are here to discuss tonight, Chicago. Call me a liar in my city. <laughs> Before we jump into the great movie of Chicago, can you each give me a three-word response to how you feel about the city of Chicago? And we'll go in reverse order. Ryan? M-O-A! Greg? Uh, love to visit. Love Love to visit! <laughs> Just can't. Uh, Not so busy. Way too cold. <laughs> you guys could go facts. at any speed you wanted to. Because <laughs> it's only three words. Did you see me it. literally count on my fingers for three for three words? I uh, Mike, I have been to Chicago. I went as a kid. Um, I have a lot of family from about there. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, and I know I a, this city. I was a big Michael Jordan fan, and I wanted to go see Michael Jordan play basketball. But because that was expensive, uh, my aunt walked me around Michael Jordan's steakhouse, did not get a table, and then we <laughs> went back home. Also expensive. Wait, you the took a tour of the steakhouse? I took a tour, a, a, her guided tour of the steakhouse. <laughs> and this is Just where we would you. sit if we were going to have steaks, which obviously we're not, but this is where we would do that. That's why there was a whole episode dedicated to me in The Last Dance, because of my important connection to him. And I took I that did think that that was strange. <laughs> when, I know that guy. And, when MJ said, fuck them kids, did he mean kids whose aunts take them in just to look at a steakhouse and not order? He meant all <laughs> kids at any point in time. But yes, I was definitely included in that. Good. Well, that's Chicago. We're going to get into maybe a little bit more detail after the quickest of breaks. After a smashing success directing a made-for-TV version of Annie, choreographer Rob Marshall got caught up to the big leagues, the movies that matter, and theaters, with the 2002 adaptation of Chicago. Originally supposed to be Bob Fosse's final directing outing, the film draws from the original 1975 play and the stripped-down 1996 revival for its style. Starring Renee Zellweger, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Richard Gere, and Queen Latifah, the movie was the highest-grossing live-action musical of all time until 2008, when Mamma Mia knocked it off its post, and we're going to be nominated for 12 Academy Awards, all leading to a resurgence in live-action musicals. Tasty Buds, I ask you this. Set in the 20s, adapting a show from the 70s and 90s, how 2002 can this whole experience really be? And on top of that, a common complaint about the movies that nobody, from the murderous lead characters to the corrupt institutions of the city, get their come moments, much less change at all, does it seem weird to watch that in 2023? I will say the one thing about that it felt very tw- uh, 2002 for me is, um, and this is a little bit the 70s too, I guess, but like, did this at all, When I remember when I first watched it, I thought it was like 
hot and sexy and cool but now it seems like it's those things in a very 2002 way so it kind of gave me like maxim magazine or like carl's jr sexy girls eating burgers on like it reminded me of a type of sexiness that i feel like we kind of have like lost contact with that was like which is a bummer because it because that ruled Thank you, Greg. Thank you so much for putting like words to what I was trying. Like I've been trying to figure out what my reaction to that was, and you're so right. It's it's a type of sexiness that doesn't exist anymore. Like it's not the type of sexiness that people are like purveying. Uh, Like, well, we we live in an era where people like there's never been any good sex scene in any movie ever. It only hurts the plot, and little babies are like. They said fucking Guardians of the Galaxy, and I wanted to walk out. So maybe we <laughs> yeah. truly have become infants. Yeah, it, it's it's. I think there is like, listen, there's a new rise of new Puritanism, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <laughs> but but I I do think like I thought it was very interesting that this movie is very sexy, but in a way that like very rarely are they like re- like really like trying to like show off skin. They're just like. It's more in like their actions and movements and being very sharp and like, like just sort of sensual, mm-hmm. um, and like posing a lot. Like I think it's exactly what you're saying. Like it feels very maxim because it's a lot of like poses are like I'm striking a sexy pose and then moving to another sexy pose rapidly. So it's like it's it's almost as if you could make a maxim magazine. It's move. like a spread. Yeah, it's like a it's like, <laughs> like a photo shoot. I don't know that much about the original, like, Fosse version. I know that the, there's, this is not a Fosse style of choreography. I know that that was changed or updated. Or Fosse's kind of a crazy choreographer, right? He's, like, very Yeah, singular, dude, did you so, see the yeah. FX thing yes, about him? That's, yeah. That's how I get my history is, yeah. come on, FX, <laughs> give me some shows. Uh, so I saw that. And, like, they changed it from that. But I totally see what Taylor's saying in that, like, there's not, you know – titties jumping up and down and wieners going in and out but everything sort of smoothly is choreographed from dance to sex to dance to sex and it's like it's not subtle about it but it's also and it's not giggling about it but it's like it's very like forward about it it's just like dude like these chicks are hot these dudes are hot like jazz is hot the night is hot let's all fucking <laughs> flow it together Chicago, I mean, this, baby. on top of the carl's jr commercial this comes from a time where like a common refrain in a beer commercial was and twins and just being like aroused by the fact that there were two women who were identical copies of each other was like you would just be watching tv with your family and suddenly this Carl's Jr. commercial would come on that was basically pornographic. And then the next commercial speculated that maybe it would be fun to have sex with a copy of a woman. Like, it, every every single commercial was, like, kind of deeply uncomfortable. Was that and- Aunt Twins thing about the Twin Towers falling? <laughs> <laughs> was that how they delivered the news? Every, yeah, everything actually changed. actually that actor cried. If you want to advertise a, a light beer to me, do it with three frogs. Do it with yes. one small dog. The way the Bible intended. Yeah. Do yeah. it with some guys uh, ripping off some classic whatsapps, right? I mean, we had a whole culture there. We, used we threw it all culture. away. <laughs> we, get, we really got right, but that You're not saying this year. You're not saying in 2020. You're not jumping on that Budweiser train right now, are you, Greg? Oh, no. I'm not I'm not touching that issue where, yeah, that, where um, 
so, where like uh, someone just drinks a beer in a TikTok video, and then uh, Kid Rock goes and shoots fireworks at a pallet of Bud Lights to teach Anheuser Busch about what happens when you mess with the Rock. Well, that was not Kid Rock. That was Joe Cool's son off to the side of the camera doing that. <laughs> uh, his name is Joe C. The C stands for cool. Um, as far as like the rest of the presentation of very of uh, 2002, it's not. We already talked about how there's no nobody's even attempting a Chicago accent, right? But no. I love how every once in a while they'll remember that it's like the 20s, and then they will do <laughs> SNL versions of ni- what they think 1920s voices. Uh, hey, were, everybody. <laughs> well, that's going to that's put them on their ass, ain't it? <laughs> and I fucking, this is not a knock. I think this was done purposefully. The movie's just so wow. big and stupid and in an awesome way, and that's part of it. <laughs> Oh yeah. There's something about the same way everything is so obviously a set. Yes. Yes. Uh, and not even when not just the musical numbers that are clearly in a theater, but everything else is no, clearly a set. We that don't it see- all feels like summer stage. Right. Like, we don't see that much outside, but when we do, yeah. it's it looks like this is like the spiritual sister of Dick Tracy. You know, like that's the kind right. of world that we're living in. Or you know what it reminded me of, Ryan? Victor Victoria. Uh, mm-hmm. In Victor Victoria, they were like, well, we can't really build Paris, but we can build something that is obviously supposed to be like a tiny little bespoke <laughs> version which, of one street. Which is something that like I love about musicals. You know, everybody's like, they, they start singing. How is that realistic? Good call. That's a talking raccoon shooting a laser. I don't think, I don't know if <laughs> realistic is what we want all the time, but because there's the stage attachment, because you're already having people singing, make it all fucking fake as shit. And it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I want Might it all. Well. I will say the I think the one thing that really stuck out to me is the most 2002 thing possible is that um, the uh, the innocent foreigner who doesn't speak English is the only person to be executed. Uh, that feel that feels really 2002 to me. The only defense she can make for herself in a language she does not speak is just not guilty. Uh uh-uh. uh not guilty. Like, yeah uh-uh. yeah yeah. I That's do have to say, say, Mike, as to the second part of your question, the like. Nobody getting their comeuppance. That feels like the most 2023 part of the entire presentation, right? I mean, that seems to be like the the spiritual through line through all the different ages, which is that mm-hmm. they are three different ages of kind of a gilded ages, you know, where um, people kind of just used razzle-dazzle, if you will, to quote a, a phrase, that's from the uh, to sort of get through things. And that's, I think, that also goes with the sexuality, which is there's no sexuality in this movie that is like, Hey, sex is fun between two people and you get to connect. It's this is one of the currencies you can pay for things in. You can pay for fame, you can pay with fame, you can pay with sex, you can pay with money, uh, you can pay with attention, but it's not like a real true sexuality. It's like a, a kind of cheap and tawdry, you know, um, facsimile. Ryan? No, I just, sorry. You ever have one of those thoughts? It's like, oh, no, that's going to be a whole new hour. Don't even just (laughs) leave that on the table. Um, Yeah, I think that, I don't know. I think that the lack of comeuppance makes it fun. Like, uh, Roxy Hart is a fucking terrible person. And I know that we're long uh, beyond, like, well, I can't root for her, therefore I don't like her. I, I, uh, I get that. But she's a terrible person. And I root for her. I don't know what to tell you, but she can dance like that. Um, her uh, second to last scene telling Amos baby what there oh. ain't no baby and he just stands there and quietly walks out um, followed by it, it's like it's heartbreaking but it's followed by Velma and Roxy on stage and I'm like ah, fuck it I don't care what she did look at them go <laughs> look at them they're wonderful I'd vote for her a third time 
Yeah, that's I I <laughs> regarding the comeuppance point. I I think especially because it's based on like a true story, and I feel like those women really did like get like a not guilty verdict and they got away scot-free so like in order to like to put them to make them guilty and make them have like some sort of like comeuppance that they didn't have in real life feels like you're trying to put like a dour message on what is otherwise just a fun story of like a kooky thing that happened in chicago in the 20s it would be awesome though if we found out the big message was at the end the like the big twist is that everyone runs out of the court when Roxy is not guilty because a woman just shot her husband as soon as she heard the verdict. And we found out that he was just like the best, most loving husband, never did anything <laughs> wrong. But she was like, We could do this now, motherfucker. <laughs> well, isn't that sort of like it's not only saying like look how look at the whims of the media, but it is say like the Nope, I lost it. Do you know what though? <laughs> like that thing though, right there, like uh going back to the 02, 22 of it all, 23 of it all. I have this feeling that in 02, the whims of the media and what they were capable of seemed so fucking biting and satirical. And now it is stale. Like, as far as what the movie's trying to say about how you can control the media or the media can control what happens and there's like this mm-hmm. push and pull, um, everyone, everyone on the planet that's, you know, voted or is over 18 has, like, this is all stale satire to them at this point. Right. It's freshmen in college dorms smoking their first reefer being like do you ever think <laughs> how the media controls us but we control them man and everything's bullshit but man this but, this was very much a time where the government controlled the media though 2002 like consent was being oh, yeah. manufactured every single day on uh, the front page of like every major newspaper it was just like completely controlling yeah, there was not one dissent of no. the war no, yeah. And I know that the war comes the next year, but still, everybody's like, we should go to war. We're the most liberal newspaper in America. Why aren't we going to war right now? Yeah, 2002 is like scoping out all the other countries and being like, when are you guys going to get it? Like, who's it going to be? <laughs> and the, the press just like frothing at the mouth to help gin up a story about that that's how, you know, that that's what we needed. Because you got to sell the papes. There's also that thing, too. Uh, Richard Gere touches on it the most, where uh, he's like, oh, I'll put you in all the papers and you'll be the biggest thing. And then alternates between that and like the papers would love to watch you hang the papers would love to see you in your name and lights the papers would love to see you die like it's just headlines whatever i got to do to get that headline it's just not we can't plateau right and velma even though like she obviously has ulterior motives is straight up with roxy and tells her that like he cares about him and it does feel like roxy feels betrayed so many times after people are like i'm a piece of shit like that is why there's only despicable people in this movie but she is like the dumbest. At least everybody else yeah. knows what they are. It takes her till the end saying, Amos, there was never a baby. Then she's like coming to her full, and that's when she's finally successful. Hey guys, $5,000, Billy Flynn's fee. Yeah. In 2023 money, 86 grand. Woo! Oh, cool. I couldn't pay that now. I could pay five grand now for a lawyer. <laughs> guys, I need some help. Yeah. Uh, Patreon. Maybe you can everyone to sign leg, up for Mike. Patreon, please. <laughs> Because Daddy has some legal fees are coming. <laughs> the other thing too that I think is makes this movie stand out is women killing men willy nilly is not something we get to see that often, and it's fun and funny, you know. Yeah, like, dude, yeah. it is. <laughs> we see we see the reverse constantly. We see you know not only from like girlfriends and wives getting fridged and becoming the impetus for the journey, but um, you know just like men mistreating women as part of how they're compelling. 
Uh, and this is just, this is dope. I'm gonna watch this all day. I mean the the initial murder uh, with uh, McNulty from The Wire. Yeah, like he can't um, catch a break. <laughs> what did that, I do? He is like <laughs> he has just uh, done something really so disgusting, right? He has like defrauded her and lied to her as a way of of getting in her pants, and then is like treating her like shit as a result. And so then when you see him get capped, it's like okay, that felt pretty good. Yeah, it's sometimes it's fun to watch women kill men. It's the yeah. reason that it's the reason that Goodbye Earl is like th- one of the best <laughs> Dixie Chick songs. It's the reason why the Lifetime channel exists. Like it, that's all it is <laughs> is hour long shows about women killing men. Uh, his he's great in this though of like this is when you know it's gonna fucking happen because I honestly couldn't remember. Maybe John C. Riley did do it. I couldn't remember right. from twenty years ago. Uh, but he's like, she's like, you said I was gonna get a recording contract. And he was like, I was lying. I would have said anything to get into that skirt. And just, like, he's so matter-of-fact about it, like, slaps her on the ass. Like, you understand, right? I'm just a man. Annoyed she believed him. Yeah. That's what makes him disgusted with her, is you believed all of that? Which she absolutely does to other... She does it to Amos. She does it to Velma. She, like, she does it too, but... Well, that is all the time we have to talk about the 2002 and 2023 and the timeliness and timelessness of it all. We're going to take the quicks to breaks, and when we come back, build a little mountain. Mount Rushmore. Uh, Mount Rushmore. An ode to the four handsomest presidents we have ever had in our most beautiful state, North Dakota. But that is not what we're doing tonight. We are building just a real dag nasty mountain to the music of 2002. Oh, I, I hope a ton of like. Was that hardcore Wait, singers yeah, said, get on this mountain? <laughs> it's dang nasty. I said like it was a Chicago's infected me. I was like, what's like old slang? But that is just a hardcore band. That's not <laughs> from like the late eighties. <laughs> not gonna make the mountain uh, tonight, Mike. What? Jonathan Dag Nasty? Not gonna happen. Uh, but he's so dag nasty, and so is this mountain. We'll see if that Carl's Jr. Maxim vibe spreads to this mountain because looking through the music of O2, I think it will. Taylor, you are a guest here. What's your first submission? My first submission is one that I, for me personally, I think is a slam dunk for O2. And that is superstar producer Timbaland. What was Timbaland doing in O2? He did. (laughs) Timberlands. He's Timbaland. Um, (laughs) in, in In O2, Timbaland produced the majority of uh, the the uh, Justin Timberlake album that features the song Cry Me a River um, mm. that you may have heard. Um, he produced uh, Missy Elliott's Work It. Uh, he, uh, he produced like half of the songs on Jay-Z's The Blueprint 2. Uh, like a- everyone else was, you know, oh, I'll put out like a good song or two. Timbaland was all over these fucking charts. Like it's not, it's not quite the height of Timbaland's power yet. But he was he was everywhere, and I think he deserves to be on the Rushmore of two thousand two music. Fantastic amusement park, by the way. Timberland, Timberland, <laughs> got to be on the lookout. <laughs> Timber. I, I don't know if we've ever had a producer on the 
Mount Rushmore of music, and I, I like the flavor it's bringing. And mostly because the all the songs you said, I was like, oh, I've heard of that. That was O2. What a big year for Timbaland. Yeah, he, he, he set the sound of the year in many ways. Can, can I ask you guys a question? Is it a song from 2002 if you don't whisper your name at the very beginning? Mm. Mm. Absolutely not. Tim Absolutely I. not. Doom, do, 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 do. Hi. Doom, doom, do, do, do. I'm Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hear a new contender for <laughs> I want to be on this mountain. <laughs> Ryan, other than yourself, who belongs up here? Listen to the 2002 of one band-aided rapper, Nelly. Hot in wow. here. Dilemma. A team up with NSYNC. Furtado. This was the year of Nelly, and I can't, like, he is the sound. He probably worked with Timbaland based on everything that Taylor just said. Um, he changed how, if you ever, you can't say the words hot and heat. I, I, I can't even say how I, like, used to say it before 2002. You can't say good gracious anymore, like we all used <laughs> no. to. Uh, anytime I say L.A., I do the finger thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very important. Uh you were so enthusiastic. I don't know if you heard, Ryan. You got a point. He's on the mountain. Sweet. I'm, I'm glad I put this Band-Aid on for a reason, then. Is there anything under there? Or did uh, you just always have a zit? It's a big pimple, Mike, yeah. Big pimple. <laughs> we did trends last week, and that could have been... It was a little close to fashion, but if it Having had not zit, been, right? a lot of people started affecting that little, that little bandage on the cheek. No, I was doing this before Nelly did it, I swear. <laughs> I've, I actually have a me. small wound there. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Chicks dig wounds. small wounds. Tiny wound. Awesome. It's so cool to be wounded. <laughs> wounds. I've got wounds. Greg? Mike, do you realize that in 2002, the Flaming Lips came out with an album called Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots? And it is such an interesting journey. Um, every song has a distinct sound and is unlike basically any other song I've heard on any other album. Um, and they actually had that breakout hit. Do you realize a like cheery song about how Whoa. everyone, you know, will someday die. And it's like, it's 2002, the flaming lips. We all know. <laughs> Thanks though. <laughs> but that song was huge. And that album, uh, is still very dope. Uh, Greg, you get, a point for the do you realize do you realize <laughs> i was saying i was like i don't even know that i'm singing a flaming lips in my head right now <laughs> whims but of the media unfortunately they're not on the mountain yet three slam dunks in a row come on can't do that it's what is this wtf <laughs> taylor we move on to you okay now we've, we've already got two guys on the mountain so i'm gonna start i'm gonna start throwing out my picks that I think could get up there, but you know, I, I just want them to be in the conversation. And this is this is a you know this is a pick that I think it was it was before we had turned on them as a culture. <laughs> I Nickelback was everywhere in 2002. They were all over the place, and I I think that they have been I think that they have been illegitimately maligned. Okay, everyone was like, "Oh, Nickelback sucks so bad." They weren't. They weren't the number one fucking band in America because everyone thought they sucked. All right, you all were buying the albums. You all were on board until big media told you that they sucked. All right, Nickelback rules. 
you guys suck. Put him on the fucking mountain already. <laughs> Taylor loves to zag, doesn't he? That is a tax we haven't had of bullying somebody to get on the mountain. But uh, Greg just dropped Flaming Lips. I do not think he was buying Nickelback albums. I think he was very <laughs> cool. <laughs> and Ryan listen, was listening to pop punk. Listen, some of us were listening to all of it because we had a, a very weird group of friends. Oh, man. What? What, this isn't how you remind me, right? This is a little post that. This is, this uh, is a photograph. This, I mean, this is this is. Hero. Look at this graph. <laughs> Look at this photograph. It's yeah. It's it's like it's just before. Like I think this is when they hit the peak, and then by like 2004 or so, people had started to turn on them, and were like, they're everywhere now. We hate them. 2002, they 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 were they were at their height. They were at their peak. They're now, zenith. Mike, I hope that you don't put this on the mountain, but you do have to admit, this is the most passionate you've ever seen Taylor in your entire life. Not just Taylor. Any <laughs> panelist on this show ever. I'll fucking fight in a parking lot over Nickelback. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. They're not on the mountain. They're on the maybe pile, but for your enthusiasm. Impassioned defense. I'll take it. Because uh, when you said I'll fight in a parking lot, suddenly your shirt was off and there was two <laughs> brewskis in your hands. So, All right. Greg, what do we got? All right. Uh, Taylor listed her very briefly in in his um, listing of, of Timbaland, but 2002 was certainly the time of Missy Elliott. Um, this is when Work It came out, uh, and this is an important song. Um, and just really, I, I feel like her sound was so big at this time, and you couldn't turn on MTV without seeing the video for Work It. That's right. I remember when you could turn on MTV and see music videos. I'm aged. I remember when you could turn on MTV and see the news. The news. The MTV news. Our MTV, MTV news. Kirk Loader. Yeah. Has to go up there. Hell yeah. But she, so there's the normal mountain, and she has that weird snake neck thing. So she's a little <laughs> above and forward to the rest of the heads on this mountain, as it should be. Ryan. Not to not to make this sound like a a weird Twitter post, but Missy Elliott is she kind of underrated? Like when you look at her body of work, does it feel like? I mean, when you so combine you what her the the music that she released, and then which wasn't like that many albums, like it's probably one perfect album and then a couple of good ones. But then how she became that like. Uh, producer that like helped other rappers to flower and blossom and plant and stem and leave then yeah I think that she's has to be in the Hall of Fame yes yeah but for sure not ours and we're not doing Hall of Fame right now we're talking <laughs> Mount Rushmore of 2002 music which, which is, is a on. totally different thing sorry I used a phrase Mike well it just means something in this house Okay, in don't stop pointing to the thing, the <laughs> sign on your wall that says Hall of Fame means something to this house. I, can, I understand your <laughs> words. I don't need signs. I have signs for everything I say. I'm pointing to the sign that says that right now. <laughs> Ryan, it's your turn. Uh, Mike, I would like this head to not be a musical artist, but a mom. Uh, not your mom or my <laughs> mom, but just uh, a, a mom. And maybe she's wearing a um, chef's hat. She's got like a fake mustache. She's cooking up her spaghetti, her mom's spaghetti, and that needs to represent the biggest music moment of 2002. Yeah, for sure. Sleeper pick, kind of. This is a deep, a deep get. Yeah, I thought it this would be taken right in. away. 
Especially knowing Mike. Because I love Eminem. You think, Again, you, that before I ask you guys, Eminem's up there. <laughs> it came out so <laughs> insulting. I just meant that you like the song and reference Mob Spaghetti constantly. It's, In an annoying way that I hate. My mother knew how to make one dish as a child. <laughs> it was spaghetti. So when that song came out. She, all she knew how to make was Eminem's mom's spaghetti. She called it yes. mom's mom's spaghetti. She would vomit in a bowl and say, eat this, you little oh, shit. Oh, no. I grew up in an abusive household. Uh, I wanted to do a speed round, but come on. Your 2002 music Mount Rushmore is Timbaland, Missy Elliott. I wrote down Ryan and Eminem. <laughs> Who did I mean? No. Ryan with a little Band-Aid on. I'm sure Nelly's uh, team will be fine with that. That is O2's Mount Rushmore. We're going to take the quickest break and we come back. More Chicago. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to pop filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie. Everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show. That's Movie of the Year. And that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review. Bye! Taste Buds. Chicago helped the trend that continues today. When it comes to casting singers or dancers or animated voice talent, just get the biggest star possible and hope they can do what you need them to do. Looking back on it now, does the casting of Renee Zellweger, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Richard Gere, John C. Riley, and actual musician Queen Latifah hold the musical back with stinkeroo performances? Or did the movie do well by not casting no-name Broadway talents? Can we, can we start here with uh, something Roger Ebert wrote? Yes. Which yeah. is that... Uh, How academic. Renee Zellweger, Roxy Hart sort of had to be less than Velma Kelly. Mm. So they purposefully went out... And a little bit of a Tom Cruise, Stanley Kubrick, Eyes Wide Shut thing, and got not the best entertainer. And if that's true, I'm not saying that it is, but if that's true, I say bullshit. It's a musical. Get the best people possible. Yeah, there's been plenty of musicals where you're like, you're the ugly duckling. Nobody likes you. And they're still one of the most talented performers you've ever seen. Yeah. You you can you can make you can just tell the audience that someone is ugly and 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 it'll be fine. It's great. Have them sing a song about it, and then we'll believe it. She's got glasses on. What do you want? She's a dog. Um, I speaking of the of the casting, I did see a bit of trivia about this movie that, like, previously a different director was attached, and when that happened, Charlize Theron had the role. Like, she was given the role; it was hers. And then when they switched over to Rob Marshall, they were like, "Ah, uh, re-audition." And then she lost the part to Renee Zellweger in the auditions. So there is a there's like a very narrow like alternate universe where that part is played by Charlize. And I, and I do think that it is a worse universe. Well, I can't believe it. Charlize, like I love Charlize Theron, but like, yeah, 
her legs are taller than Renee Zellweger. Like that would have, yes. I think that would have been weird to have Roxy Hart be this leg. It's, I can't picture it. Like it doesn't, like, it doesn't compute in my brain. And I think that they made the right choice casting Renee. Cause I think, I think she is great in this part. Yeah. You, she, Roxy Hart needs to be like a naivish waif who like doesn't have that much power. And then she arcs until she gets it. Charlize Theron. She's like, well, she's going to garrote everybody who steps up to her. Like yeah. clearly she'll murder them all. I don't know. I mean, not that I would ever recast Velma Kelly, but I could see Charlize as Velma Kelly way before. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like John C. Riley. I feel like that's a strong casting. Yes. I, I, the one I want to put a real question mark next to, and I know that he's got strengths and weaknesses. Does Richard Gere pull off the musical aspect of this? I, I think, think so. It- it is not nearly as bad as uh, Lame. Don't say Russell Crowe from Lame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is where I was going. Uh, because I was entertained and not cringing when yeah. Richard Gere. I think just based on I mean, maybe I got tricked by his thousand watt smile, but like every Billy Flynn song, I was delighted. Yeah, Richard. And G- they give him other things to do. Like we're just going to show your stunt dancers' feet right now uh-huh. instead yes. of that's or. Uh, you're you're gonna sing this song in that 1920s voice we were talking about. Yeah, sorry. R- Richard Gere doesn't have the pipes, like he doesn't Rawr. have quite the level of voice that some of the some of the other people in the cast do. But Richard Gere's a fucking performer. Like I I don't think that anyone else is coming in and giving like just the absolute charisma oozing through the screen in his every mo- movement. That and I think because it is a screen, like if this were an album recording, I think get someone other than Richard Gere to do that part. But but we're, still put we're a watching him, <laughs> still put a dribble in their ass. But it, since we're watching him, give me Richard Gere every single day of the week. He's such a delight. I, he 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 lights up the screen. I don't think anybody has the pipes. I don't think anybody like is a belter in the way that we think of Broadway. Except, for, like, the the one that is most capable, obviously, is Queen Latifah. And she obviously, shows, obviously, wow. obviously. Yes. Shows it off in one song where she has, she shows off Number an incredible one. set of lungs, I will yeah. say. Oh, Ryan, wow. what are you I'm sorry, doing? Is that, it's 2023, yes. Come uh, on, hang on. But, um, no, everyone is talk singing, uh, which is my uh, favorite yes. kind of singing because it's only the only thing I'm capable of. Um, I'm always trying to live up to uh, my mentor, Jack Black, who somehow sings like an angel but his voice is exactly like how he talks and nobody knows how that works uh but yeah everyone is just do and I, I again i think it's fine because we're having fun it's closer to a karaoke party than it is uh seeing a big broadway th- stage where you paid like 150 bucks for this fucking yeah. ticket and i think that has a little bit to do with the fact that like it is originally like a fosse musical like the co- and rob marshall it comes from the choreography world like this is a choreography-focused musical more than it is like a a music-focused music. Like the music is there and it's good, but with the ex- with the exception of all that jazz, and you guys in your head you can hear those three final notes, right? Of all that jazz, this isn't a belty musical anyway. Right, right. It really so it is gives just you the opportunity. Yeah, all that jazz and Mama are the two right. songs that have yeah. it. When one of your songs is sung like this, it's like. He has to sing it with his mouth shut. Should they have all had those like old school director megaphones while they sing? sing? (laughs) And, you know, do we remember the movie if it doesn't have like a Richard Gere in it? Because he, the voice thing we talked about, but like 
the his selling of that character mm-hmm. is done in a million different ways. And I love what you mentioned, like the cut to his uh, stunt dancer's feet. I love the way the the actor, like Richard Gere, he will look down at his feet and <laughs> then they cut. Man, that's so good. Every single time. Oh, let's look what these feet are doing down there. He's a talent. <laughs> That happens with stunt piano hands all the time. Yes. Where you'll have the actor look at the keys as if they're fucking playing. Like, oh, I should look down. That'll make it look more realistic. <laughs> yeah, I would believe the actor even more if they were only looking up <laughs> Stevie Wonder style. They're like, oh, shit, they're good. But what you would miss if you got... And, like, look, Broadway actors don't sell tickets, right? Like, Patti LuPone, I've heard it is in uh, Ari Aster's new movie. And that's awesome. Uh, I love Patti LuPone. But she doesn't... Uh, you can't put her name above the title. Um, but you would also miss these like perfect things that Richard Gere does. All the actors do, but Richard Gere, something she, he's like in a close up, like the camera's right on him. He's talking to the jury, and uh, Roxy says something, and he just closes his eyes in sweet <laughs> orgasmic bliss, and it's like <laughs> that's Gear, baby. I feel like when you cast someone like Richard Gere for a, a, a role like this, you're hoping that he's going to bring like way more dimension to it than the mm-hmm. role necessarily would call for, and I feel like that you they miss on that a lot but not in this movie and not with richard gear like he really delivers that complexity that they were hoping it's, to get in what could have easily been one of the most one note characters in the entire thing richard gear also was a like i saw also they offered the richard gear part first to john travolta and travolta's like nah that'll probably be bad wow. i don't want to do it and oh my god it's chicago baby and, and so they're like all right well then it's richard gear obviously uh and the poor man like, john travolta yeah, it, uh, he uh, I a piece of that piece of trivia was that Richard Gere has taken like five roles that were originally offered to John Travolta, like Officer and a Fuck Gentleman you, was originally Travolta. Like Richard Gere just steals every role that John Travolta should have taken uh, and just makes it his own. And I think that's a great way to do your career. I will say this much: I do not want to see Richard Gere and Sam Jackson in a diner when no. Honey Bunny and Pumpkin go to rob it. That would have been fucking weird. <laughs> but I do think that Richard Gere has that crazy tarantino cameo scene in him you know i bet like he could be unleashed in a movie like that i think that that's what's great about this ensemble is zellweger and Catherine zeta jones were like at the the top of their game at their peak and richard Gere was fading and this was a version of that like bring him back and we've covered a movie the episode was lost but we've covered a movie this season about richard Gere being a little cuck yeah (laughs) And he was not a cuck in this. This is no. his no more cucking Richard Gere role. <laughs> as long as you got $5,000, he's yours. Which is so much money. Um, Can we talk about Catherine Zeta-Jones real quick? Yes, we haven't enough. Um, So I knew that she was a Spanish actress from the movie The Mask of Zorro. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm glad that other people also thought this. It turns out that she has a Greek part of her last name, but she's Welsh. Obviously, if you just look at her, you can tell. Uh, and like, she was a star, and very clearly should be right. Like this five-year era around Chicago is her time. Um, but no, I don't think anybody expected this shit, right? No. Like, I know that she is uh, able to do sword fights, and she was able to like get her body right underneath lasers in. Oh yeah. <laughs> in like a museum when she's trying to steal a jewel. Uh, but this performance is all of it. It's like the, uh, I think it's like the dramatic version of Jane Krakowski from 30 Rock. Like that's the kind of energy that she's bringing is like the yes. dancing, singing Jenna. Yes. And she also, I read 
I read a lot of background about this movie uh, before this episode. Uh, she the they wanted her to have her long hair. She cut her hair into a bob because she was like, "I want everyone to know that I'm doing the choreography, and yes. there's no hair covering my face, and this isn't an extra." Oh, wow. And that's, awesome. that's such a powerful move, and she was right to do it because she fucking rules. Like she she nails all of it. Like she's another one that like she she comes out and she is a performer. Like she is all of it. There is no cut to her feet the way there is to Richard Gere. She's when she's doing <laughs> two. Were you bummed about that, Mike? You fucking perv. There was no cut to her feet. What you said? No, I can still look at him, but be like, those are definitely hers. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I asked that, guys. <laughs> that, that really, that really. That, oh no, that really took a turn. <laughs> uh, currently, Mike and the drop hat are high fiving right now. <laughs> That's the kind of show it is. Uh, is there anybody we haven't touched that we want to dig into? So Queen Latifah, we should, she has the singing chops in a way nobody else did. How how does she do with all the actors? I thought she did well in that aspect of it too. I had remembered that being a little bit of a a rough spot in the movie, but watching it this time, I thought that she delivered in in both phases of the game. Really, I I love how like they have the stage in the prison basically, right? And so uh, you realize that Queen Latifah can be the most beautiful actress in Hollywood and then it cuts to her as just the prism arm and like there is a stark difference but the thing that like her moment of the movie is walking Roxy down the hall and she's like yeah but like there'll be a special place for me right like with lots of heat and she looks back at the security guard and rolls her eyes that's that's acting baby that's the uh, physical aesthetic in 2002 was like waifish like onto a fault and that's a way in which i think that 1970 like also the spirit of 1975 or whatever is very much alive in this movie and so everyone looks painfully thin i mean like literally like it's it's difficult some of the people are so thin in this movie um and she has physically like aged the best in that regard because we have now we've now embraced a more like curvy figure and when she's uh wearing that like ball gown for the uh the mama number is like She's very, very, very attractive actress. <laughs> I mean, I and also, queen. Uh, you know how like Tommy Lee Jones has been seventy for sixty years at this yes. point. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Queen Latifah has seriously been twenty-eight years old my entire life. <laughs> like between living single in Chicago and then like she was in that movie Hustle from a couple years ago. Like, yes, gorgeous. Yeah, Queen. I I used to think like, man, that's a lot of uh, come on. You really want to put that? That's on a here? lot of ego to call yourself Queen Latifah. And now it's like, actually, you're kind of selling yourself short. Does Empress Latifah roll off as well? <laughs> and then uh, John C. Riley, uh, you know, like uh, perfect sad sack Amos, but apparently did have a ton of musical uh, practice. Like he had a lot of experience. They goosed with him. Yeah. They goosed him oh, well. with another actor. No, 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 he he did uh, uh, musicals all through high school and college. He oh, was yeah, ready for it. Yeah, and and he studied like clowning, right? You can I, tell he moves yeah. his body in that way, in that clownish way. Yeah, he's like he's perfect, like moving in a way that seems like body shouldn't do that. Him and Vince Vaughn piss me off because I always say I can't dance because I'm such a fat oaf, and those two <laughs> prove me wrong every time they're in a movie. <laughs> You have to stop using that as an excuse for, like, everything, Ryan. I don't think it's good for your <laughs> mental outlook. Uh, I, I, I can't stop using it as an excuse because I'm such a fat oaf. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't be a good dad. I'm such a fat oaf. That's not true. Ryan's a great dad. Sorry. It's all fun and games, but Ryan's actually a great dad. <laughs> oh, did he ruin your... 
Did he ruin your bit, Mike? I'm sorry. <laughs> that your Ryan's a bad dit, bad bit got ruined. I put so much thought into it. Some some bridges are too far. Some okay. Jeff bridges are too far. Mike just pointed at a sign that says Ryan's a bad dad. I don't. <laughs> yeah, and now he's tapping Signs it very lie. enthusiastically. Well, that is all the time we have to talk about the cast, but we are going to take the quickest of breaks. And when we come back, play a little game. Now, over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash yourpopfilter, are wonderful patrons, and that's what we call them always. Got a little <laughs> taste of a new segment. But we have one here, too, and this one is called... Mikey Rikes. <laughs> it's called Rikey Rikes? It's called Reiki Rikes, named after me, your host, Mikey Mikes. Now, we are going to a bracket uh, inspired by the movie Chicago. This is called The City Bracket, a.k.a. Mikey Rikes. I love all movies that are just city titles. Little known fact about you, Mike, is that uh, you love all movies based on city titles. Is that what you just said? (laughs) Yes. Okay. And so what we... We'll be doing is having a little bracket and finding the best city movie of all time. Parentheses, it can't be Chicago. Chicago doesn't count. I like to. There's a. We have a sign here at the Pop Filter Studios that Mike made that says every time like we're trying to struggle with an idea and we can't do it. It's like if you can't crack it, bracket, and that's what we're gonna do right now. Damn, Skippy! Round one, battle one. Greg is playing Zelda. During the show, <laughs> it, it I am that. not. <laughs> the lighting change. I don't mean to be a tattletale, but it's clearly <laughs> happening. <laughs> Can't I just look off screen for a while without it becoming a whole thing? I'm watching hardcore pornography. Okay, <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> but instead, you're just sticking things to other things in Zelda. That's dude. It. I, I know it sounds crazy. But you stick a big fan onto some logs. Next thing you know, you got a boat. And you're going across the water and you're feeling free. And you're going to shrines that you thought previously inaccessible. But thanks to your new pontoon boat, you're there, baby. Guys, every time Greg says, I know it sounds crazy, do you think he's about to start rapping about Patrick Swayze? Uh, Yo, I know it sounds crazy. Been up all night thinking about Patrick Swayze. Round one, battle one. Mr. Smith goes to Washington versus London has fallen. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, so... Ah, look, uh, look, that's the Capitol Dome. I'm so sorry. What are we supposed to vote on right now? We're supposed to pick which is the better movie, right? Yeah, Mr. Smith goes city. to Washington. That's a slimy dude. Yes. Which Mr. encapsulates its city more? Does it? Mr. Smith goes to Washington, man. It's all about going and doing the old school filibuster. Yeah. Wow, what an interesting idea. You have to actually stand and talk the whole time. Otherwise, you're not doing the filibuster. Makes you think. We Did you miss the part out. where he looks and he says, it's the Capitol Dome. <laughs> yeah, he says, I don't have your votes. <laughs> they're in that appropriations bill. They're, they're, in, uh, they're in Jerry's voting <laughs> referendum. <laughs> Greg's Jimmy Stewart only takes the high never takes the low part. Uh, like, what, if, what if Jimmy Glick only stood up here? Uh, what about the light where Jimmy Stewart says, you're going to call Philip Busters? Is that, doesn't that lose points? I'm going to need you to vote. For me? Taylor. I'm going to need you to vote. If Mr. Smith goes to Washington. All right, got one for Mr. Smith. Greg. Mr. Smith goes to Washington, Mike. Ryan, what would you have voted for? I, I have never seen London Has Fallen, but I know that it's dog shit. It's Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah, you should be so lucky London has fallen to even be mentioned in this bracket. That's why you're the last seed. 
Next up, and this, Battle for the Ages, 2016's little scene movie called Los Angeles versus L.A. Confidential. Oh, fuck. Two great movie cities. Wait, hold on. L.A. Confidential, the movie that stole Jackie Brown's victory in 1997 yep. because Taylor voted for L.A. Confidential and pushed it over the edge? Yeah, because it's a perfect movie. for Los Angeles. <laughs> All right, well, Against I'll vote for LA Confidential loved. and give it to Greg. Hey, Greg, what do you think should win? LA Confidential. I'm so gonna, good. I'm gonna go with LA Confidential. Which okay. which movie was Los Angeles? Uh, it's the story of JoJo, a young mute who thinks she hears God calling to save the baby Jesus. She packs that's five not a real movie. In a shoe shine kit, of course. You made that up. That's not a real movie. And yeah, Ryan Mike, voted we're... for it. We're not your agents. Are you trying to sell a screenplay right <laughs> I'm now to, pitch to you us? Guys. I, <laughs> I give you 10% You're right. Of that's not a movie. The only way I <laughs> will agree to this be. is if the JoJo in question is JoJo the singer. In which case, let's let's make it. Let's print it. Cut it. In not JoJo Rabbit. Scene. Are there enough JoJos in the world already? And JoJo Seaway for our young listeners. I yeah. know who she is. <laughs> who love the anime? Is she an anime? She's like no, a I was thinking Dutch of the, I was thinking, uh, of, a thinking of JoJo's thinking of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, the the story of multiple generations of the Joestar family who all have the same nickname of JoJo. Joestar, who was almost bought by Royco. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait. Jo Joestar Royco. And that's so definitely LA Confidential. confidential. Yes, LA it's confidential, confidential. Moves on. Next up is the last black man in San Francisco versus Fargo. Oh, okay. Ooh. Love both these movies. Fuck. Uh, Fargo's a game changer, and to the best of my current thinking right now, without doing any research, has no uh, sexual abusers in the movie. Yeah. The Jonathan Major stuff got was really bad. <laughs> yeah. That, that, came, that came hard and fast on that, on that dude. It's crazy when you saw the headlines go from, what will Marvel do about their Jonathan Majors problem, to uh, Jonathan Majors might spend a year in jail. Like... He might just Ooh -ooh. Be, might be gone, and I know it can be anybody. Like, so it's it's kind of naive to be like that's surprising that it would. But right. I was surprised, and I still kind of <laughs> I still kind of am. Like, I, he seems so sensitive and nice. Never trust do? the nice guys. Only the, the only, out and out d bags. The only person it can't be we know is Chris Pratt. He's a <laughs> Christian. He prays to God. <laughs> so Fargo moves on. Uh, maybe on a technicality. Coming up next is. Casablanca versus New York, New York, the Martin Scorsese musical. <laughs> so it is musical night here at Pop Filter Studio. It is, it is musical night. Casablanca is like the perfect script, though. I don't know? think there's a worse Martin Scorsese movie ever than New York. Written New York. by it twins. Trash. Twins. Written by twins. Casablanca written by twins. Yeah. That's that's that is such that a perfect that is such a perfect piece of trivia. I'm going to remember <laughs> that for the rest of my life. What was that last name, Greg? What do we call them? I don't know actually. I just it, it was in the movie adaptation which we talked about last week. <laughs> you, you don't know their last name? I, I don't know. No. Is it Casablanca? Are they the Casablanca <laughs> twins? Julian oh no, the Da Vinci Casablanca. twins. Uh, no, da it's Mank. Oh, Mank. Oh, Mank. Make, 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 moves on. Make moves on. Casablanca also moves on. Next up, something very near and dear to our hearts, and then boo, a European city. It's Nashville versus Munich. 
Uh, it's the Epstein twins. Mm. It's not me. Oh, not a so. not a fun name. Wow, no, that that's a worse <laughs> name. That's it's less fun to chant. <laughs> yeah, in, let's in not. We'll, we'll pass on that one. Dude, Nashville. I gotta say, most of these I've been just uh, I've been letting the city decide, but some of them I've been letting the movie decide. Nashville's such a good movie, you guys. And versus city. Munich, you said. Yes. Yeah, I love Munich. I think that it's still underrated, but Nashville is fucking game changer. Both as a town and a movie. Munich, underrated city. I don't know. I want it's pretty boring. Taylor, where do you go? Both in the cities and the movies. I'm I'm gonna have to go with Nashville just because I like their hot chicken and because in like Germany they they call it München, which is like yeah. München, and I'm like I don't want that. The Richard hot Gelser chicken is city? so hot. Yeah. I was, when we went to Nashville, I was like prepared to have a a spicy chicken, but it was like so aggressively like hot, gagging. it was hard to eat. Like yeah, it's hot, it's hot chicken. It, it was fighting me. Eating it. It's great. I love it. But no, they do throw that one tiny soaked ass pickle in there just to balance things. <laughs> out. Oh fuck, the pickle is so good. The pickle is really it's a key part of it. I'm gonna get Nashville hot chicken later. Like that's <laughs> that's what I've just decided. Yeah, I just got very hungry. All right, Nashville moves on. Next up, would you rather be sleepless in Seattle or leaving Las Vegas? <sighs> I cannot wait for when we do the 95 season i really do think that leaving las vegas has legs i think it could take the whole thing down i love nicholas cage i do think that he's becoming like close to a hall of famer right we just did him last yes. week i think mm-hmm. that he is like he has a chance uh sleepless in seattle is a bullshit movie that is famous for no reason it's no you've got mail and it's I actually no believe you've got that. mail how do you guys vote i'm i'm going with uh leaving las vegas on this one yeah, isn't Leaving Las Vegas like one of the best movies? Um, as if it, if it were just purely towns, uh, I I I'm so done with Las Vegas as a person who grew up just a couple hours away from it. <laughs> but it's a, this is a movie podcast, Leaving Las Vegas, and it's about leaving a place you don't. Oh yeah, anymore. that's so true. <laughs> the best part about Las Vegas. Yeah, man, you think you think that first arriving at Vegas is the best part, but it's not. It's when it's like in the rearview mirror, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna be home in a few hours. <laughs> Here's my prediction about why we're like really interesting, thoughtful movie watchers, and Reddit's gonna have a big deal with this. Like, they're gonna have a problem. Uh, in the '95 season, Heat will not do that well, and Leaving Las Vegas will. And I think Reddit is going to take us to task. <laughs> do it. Leave Smack us alone, Reddit. Bombs. He is Los Angeles, by the way. Ew. Yeah. Ew. I hate both of the things. I hate being hot and I hate LA. You didn't pick Heat. You picked a movie called Los Angeles. Heat yes. is really good, though. It's not called Los Angeles, so it could be fine. here. Next up, uh, representing a couple of the people on the show tonight, we have Paris, Texas versus Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, I, I uh, hate to vote for Texas. But. Here's, here's my favorite thing about Texas is that theoretically you could have picked any number of other things that are just other famous european cities but we put them in texas yeah we got rome we've got athens yeah we've got them all do you guys have like little uh gas stations or tourist shops that have like fake monuments to that city that you're named after oh for sure absolutely all the time sometimes even in cities that aren't named after those other cities <laughs> I went to Roswell one time, and every place you stopped was like aliens, huh? You want to buy an <laughs> right? alien From sweatshirt? Roswell? Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, city of AIDS. Right? Good city. I don't. I, I saw this movie when it came out, but I don't remember anything really about it. Is Tom it Hanks. good? I <laughs> I think that it would get 
I think that like if we did 2023 eyes on this movie, it would get slaughtered. Yeah. And, and all I know about Paris, Texas is Harry Dean Stanton, and I love that guy. Oh, Paris, Texas is one of the best movies ever made. Oh, oh wow. Let's Texas, go with that one, Texas, then. Texas, one of the best states ever made. I'll say it. Okay. We're all thinking it. <laughs> all right, last battle of the first round. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, <laughs> versus... Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Mike, Michael, Mike, Mike, hell Mikey, yeah, Mike. Hell That's yeah, not a yeah, city, yeah. bro. Yes, it yes, is. Yes, it is. Yes, it fucking is. The Lost is. City of Atlantis. Don't you, fu- don't you fucking be one of these fucking Atlantis deniers. Oh, it's are you real. more of a it's Lemuria person? Yeah. If if Plato writes about something, I assume that thing is real. Okay. <laughs> Damn, Skippy. Falling under the wine-colored sea- seas, Ryan. And <laughs> the wine-dark yeah. seas. I, no, I, I, su- I didn't hear Herodotus people. ever mention fucking New Orleans, okay? <laughs> it's like a uh, Second Amendment <laughs> arguer. Like, well, you know, they would have mentioned AR-15s if they knew we all should have How one. How cool they were going to yeah, be. They <laughs> that fun. you could they buy, were... like, eight of them. <laughs> so I'm going with Atlantis. Atlantis. Mike. It's Atlantis, yeah. Oh, Holy shit. shit. Port of Call yeah. New Orleans has Nicolas Cage and it's directed by Werner Herzog. And we're going to do this shit with Disney's worst movie? And yeah, I've seen The Black Cauldron. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but Atlantis is worse. All right, now we got to get speedier. Mike, come on, no. Give me a second vote or a third vote or something. Nope. Atlantis, no, Atlantis moves, moves on, on. For best city movie. It more captures the spirit of Atlantis than. Oh, that sure. No, very yeah, sure. Yeah, this is definitely the spirit. Mr. Smith goes to Washington versus Atlantis. 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 <laughs> tough one. That's a tough one. But I'm going to say Mr. Smith goes to Washington because of its classic appeal. I'm, I'm, I'm voting for Atlantis. I'm not, it's Mr. Smith goes to Washington. God damn it. God this damn it, a, you guys. This is a circus show. This is LA a clown show. LA Confidential versus Paris, Texas. LA Confidential for me. Yeah, it's LA Confidential. Listen, I left Texas for a reason. I know I, I, know I talked a bunch of shit in that previous segment. I'm, I live in LA now, baby. <laughs> Ryan, what would you have voted for? I think that LA Confidential is one of my favorite movies of all time, but I think that Paris, Texas is probably higher on my list. Oh, damn. Well, it's kicked rocks, like some sort of port of call. Fargo versus Leaving Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. These are both 95, so leaving Las Vegas clearly could not. No, Fargo's 96. Fargo for me, because I I think it delivers on more levels. Yeah, I'm going to give this one to Fargo. Fargo. That may be recency bias, but it's Fargo. Because it was 96? Fargo fucked yourself. (laughs) What was that, Ryan? Where's the leaving Las Vegas FX show, you know? Let's get that. Let's get all the different decades of Las Vegas and leaving it. And your final battle of this round is Casablanca versus Nashville. Jesus Christ. These are brutal. Well, whoever wins this is the winner, I would say. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I, th- I, I got to go with... I feel like the right answer is Casablanca, but if the right answer for me is Nashville. I, I, I like that movie so much. Same thing as Greg, but reverse. Casablanca, please. Taylor tiebreaker. I am gonna. I am for this one. I I am gonna go with Casablanca. Casa moves on. All right. Now, Mr. Smith goes to Washington versus Casablanca. 
Casablanca. Casablanca, mate. very hard. It's Casablanca, yeah, for sure. L.A. Confidential versus Fargo. L.A. Confidential, Mike. Yeah, it's L.A. Confidential. It's Fargo. And then Casablanca versus L.A. Confidential. Casablanca. I am voting in this one for L.A. Confidential. <laughs> you always do. I always do. I am going to go with Casablanca. It was hard for me to say Nashville over Casablanca, and then I felt bad as soon as I did. I so would, I'm going to rectify that by I, handing it now to Casablanca. You have both betrayed I would love me. To do You've like said a, a dagger in my heart. <laughs> a one-off, like not a whole season maybe of 1942, but like a one-off of Casablanca. And just and, and I would not want to do that because the four of us would just be like, Humana, Humana, was, holy shit. That, that was the best movie that's ever been made. <laughs> and that, that would be fun. Clearly, is why it's also the best city movie that's ever been made. Much Morocco? to London has fallen's chagrin. It is in Morocco. Good for you. Very good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is more than all the time we have for the city bracket. When we come back, it's Chicago time. Hola, Filterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you could pay for ryan to draw you a picture Uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter while you're on the internet you should check out shady monk he does all the tunes you've been listening to he's on bandcamp he's on spotify uh soundcloud wherever kids get their music these days that i'm too old to know shady monk lives there uh you can probably follow him on twitter and instagram as well that's shady monk wherever you get music Check them out. Pace Buds, does the decision to make most of the songs staged dream pieces feel like a cowardly move to cater to modern, musical-hating audiences? Or does the movie flow from spoken sing to sung nicely with the dream songs actually elevating the ideas? More, it flowed ni- more nicely than that intro, Mike. I will say that. <laughs> One thing I Ouch. thought that was good about it is the staging of the show seems like it'd be a little bit easier to pull off, like on an actual stage, to pull off that vibe of like, now we're going from the real world to the nightclub. And so I think that it's hard to do that in a movie in the same way. So I, I personally, I wasn't like, I didn't find that jarring or anything. I, I thought it totally worked. Yeah, I thought I thought it looked great. I, I thought it like it it made a very like cohesive sort of image of like oh hey, they're in prison, but they're all dreaming of like a glamorous life. And so here's just like here's our dream sequence. And then we get to watch them do very fun choreography that is a a big showy. They can they can do like fantastical things. They can have all the reporters be little puppets and we're not like, well, that wouldn't happen. Uh, <laughs> I want to be that person. Uh, he's actually the same size as them in several shots. So how is he now towering over them? How would, is he both places? I would like my money back for this ticket because there were so, clearly so many things that were unrealistic. I would like to, uh, I do think that the movie's a little bit cowardly. I do think that you should just be able to sing at any point in the set in a musical but I also want to talk shit on it because it made <laughs> young children in their early 20s believe that they can make a musical. <laughs> and it's this really hard, easy. probably, right? It's, it's really hard. Um, yeah. 
you think kids in their 20s watched Chicago and went, this looks easy? First of all, everyone listening now knows exactly how old we are because we say phrases like kids in their 20s. Kids in their 20s. Youngsters. (laughs) These fucking kids in their 20s. These (laughs) zillennials. There was something about it that, yeah, did make it uh, look easy. But, yeah, I, I do think Taylor's right. I do think that, like... We, we set it up right away with Roxy dreaming of stardom. Yeah. And so right. that means that everyone in the world has this place that they can go, this, mm-hmm. you know, dreamscape. It seems cowardly to me, but also I get it. It not only does it let normal people who don't like musicals watch this movie and give it Oscars and shit. And, you know, it, it made a ton of money in the box office. Um, but it also like helps out the story a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. Also, it would have been kind of weird, Ryan, if all these women were mincing around in their underwear in real life. But they're, since they're just doing it in the dream world, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if they want to grab a burger, hop up on the hood of a truck, and eat it while they what? wash it, like I'm whatever. That's cool. Was your favorite uh, scene, Greg, where they uh, had that burger and then axe started spraying down from the <laughs> ceiling? <laughs> As if it was a hot day at Magic Mountain. <laughs> Axe body spray. The smell of finger banging. <laughs> that was that was their like entire ad campaign for Axe body spray in the 2000s. Honestly, if Greg has been finger banging girls and can still smell the Axe, that is, those are some clean girls. I've never experienced that. I don't like this at all. <laughs> yeah, we went down a dark alley do, here. This is Taylor's fault. Do, I yeah, do think, I apologize. Taylor, I do think if it wasn't about vaudeville, if that wasn't such a backdrop, mm. if this was just like, I'm just in New York in a different yeah. decade, and I have no aspirations to be on stage, then that those cutaways would be cowardly and make absolutely no yeah, sense. Yeah, if if this was like the the musical adaptation of the Sully Sullenberger story, like that would make no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I a plain that- hero. I know that only pay pigs will understand what I'm about to say, but I wish we could combine the two uh, uh, segments that we did, Mikey Likes and Mikey Loves, which I still have questions about, but uh, (laughs) where we had musicals about cities. And Ah. is this the ultimate Chicago musical? And then the New York musical, we would have come up with so many songs like, I'm walking here. Oh, man. What a good one. Yeah. Ah, it's 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 about the water. (laughs) (laughs) Our bagels are better than your bagels. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think? So we're in the dream sequence, and then it often flashes to an invisible audience. Or they're not vis- invisible. We see them. But I, I guess an imaginary audience. What does that do? Does that just break that even more to be like, remember, this used to be a play? I think it also like it, it reminds us that everything that we're seeing in the literal like world of the play is being done for an audience in the same way that it's being done for an audience, like, you know, as a, as a stage show, like that everything is just being boiled down to just pure entertainment. And this is why the 1975 what? play about the 1920s that was made in 2002 works perfectly for 2023 because of all of the people who are just like, what? could this be a TikTok? Could this be a tweet? You know, like yeah. everything that they do, this could be more crazy this could be more celebratory of yeah. this moment that i with main character energy am in right now yeah because the audience is there to remind us like these people are in their heads performing but they're performing because they want attention and that's why they're getting their name <laughs> papers and that all their dreams are just i want people to pay attention to me zell no Zell-Wedger does not stop for a second to say like thank god i'm not gonna hang 
Yes, right. she only yeah. focuses on the attention that is lost. <laughs> which, if that's not for the TikTok generation, I don't know what is. What, what I like about TikTok and Twitter, and I guess this movie shows it, is for years I thought I was alone and crazy, and I'm pretty sure all of you felt the same way, where you either pretend you're hosting a talk show or you're cutting to the sitcom audience or making Jim the Office faces. Or you have a conversation with your three best friends and record it for everyone. (laughs) Yes. So there's always an audience if you imagine hard enough. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, that's kind of the experience of being a person, right? Is that we, like, even though we know that we're not being observed, we kind of always have this, like, feeling that maybe we are. That's kind of like Truman Show syndrome, you know? Like, the world seems like it's perfectly made for me and... Uh, and that's like the the twisted version of that is what makes these characters want to be on stage for real. Speed round. Let's burn through this. Rob Marshall has had a wonky career after getting his hit start here. So big budget Hollywood musical. So have big budget Hollywood musicals since the movie came out. What does Marshall do to lift up Chicago above flops like Les Mis, The Phantom of the Opera, The Producers, Jersey Boys, Rent, Into the Woods, Rock of Ages, and so many other stinkeroos that have been adapted to screen since Chicago came out? I I think that he is Baz Luhrmann minus in all of the best ways, but not <laughs> totally. Like wow. This movie is heavily edited, and he does not let his dancers chill at any point mm. and get to like show us what they're capable of. And maybe he had that. Maybe that was a decision on the fly because they weren't great at it. But I think that there's a part of the Broadway thing. I think the problem with Baz Luhrmann and Cats and really all of the things that you mentioned is that like um, I have to keep uh, audiences into this, so I'm gonna slice it to shit. And it, it like this movie, it hurts me less than a, a lot of the movies that you mentioned, but it still hurts me. Yeah, it feels like they couldn't get much of any one dance number from anyone who was not Catherine Zeta-Jones. Like, mm. so, it and it, editing feels like a way that you can get around that. And I think maybe not everybody would, would know tangibly that it's the editing that's causing them to feel, like, disconnected from it. But what happens is you don't see anyone do, like, more than three dance steps. And right. even that's, like, a lot. And so there's no continuity. And if you don't, even if you don't know why, you feel that as an audience member. Which, when you realize this, which, like, for me, it was late. So let's say the Velma Roxy number at the end, it's nauseating. Like, yes. you get <laughs> nauseous watching it because he's, like, close up, moving camera, close up, moving camera. And it's, like, everything you want a plane not to do is what he is doing. I I have learned listening to this segment that I like bad movie musicals. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Well, like, what explain. do you mean, Taylor? I don't know. I I just like half of half of the like poorly received movie musicals that you listed. I was like, I really like those. I think they're fun. Uh, like I I think I like bad. I think I like the movie musicals that people think are bad adaptations better than I like the Broadway versions of those things. But then the good movie musicals i prefer the broadway versions (laughs) i like i think i think i'm just not the target audience for what movie musical adaptations are actually for or maybe i am and everyone else has higher (laughs) standards than me i don't know i would love if the uh makers of cats were like oh we got taylor we did it this is exactly what we intended to do and And, and you got me so fucking hard people well ew well (laughs) So we said what Rob Marshall did do, but why did Chicago stand out in the way all of these other ones did not? Some of them are good. 
I think it's the, it goes back to the Dick Tracy thing, and I think it goes back to the whole uh, sort of like mixing and melding, amalgamating the stage, the screen. We don't know what we're watching. We just know it's big and loud, and we love it. You, you know, know what? I, I think it yeah, might be... It's spectacle. <sighs> spectacle, oh. yes. And I think that Boz Lerman is... <laughs> uh, Rob Marshall knows that like after six hours of Coke, you need a couple of browns and then maybe some weed. And that's how we get out of a movie. Boz Lerman's like, no, coke, cocaine, cocaine, the whole time. Let's do it. And you're just like, fuck, bro. Chill. I also Learn to party. I think that there is something about the snark factor of this movie, the fact that it's got, like, Seinfeld style, like, nobody good, there's no good people in it. Uh, a lot of what misses, I think, adaptations from, like, theater to a motion picture is that you can be so much like schmaltzier in a theater and it feels good to the audience. And if you're really schmaltzy in a movie, it feels bad to the audience. And so because there's not that factor in this movie, because only bad people are presented and rewarded, then you don't have to like worry about like these really model and numbers that kill in a live setting and just die on the screen. Yeah. And that, that means that go ahead. When you're in, when you're in fucking Broadway, you need to be performing for the back rows. Yeah. And then when, you, if you're trying to do the same thing in a close up, you're fucking, you're the the exact thing that everyone criticizes Nicolas Cage for in every movie that he's insane in. <laughs> I I think that what we that leaves us with is a movie that you can watch and enjoy and dissect and like has some issues, but also you can put on while you're cleaning the house. And I think that. Boz's movies, uh, if I put them on, it, they're still annoying, even if I'm not watching them. They're loud and they're gaudy and like it's it's just too much. I think that he finds this perfect strike. There's this one scene in particular that like should have bugged the shit out of me, but um, towards the end, Roxy Hart is on the stand and she passes out yet again. And <laughs> Richard Gere, everyone's trying to get to her, but everyone's trying to keep everyone from getting to her. So it's just, and this is like a classic musical thing: two groups of people just shoving each other for yes. no. Nobody knows what their in, in, individual intentions are. And Richard Gere gets on top of her, and she's like, "Well, they're gonna fucking. That's gonna blow the asshole out of their nipples, yeah." And we <laughs> we knew that she did not pass out for reals, and yet this movie had to show us that. But also. It's the Roxy heart. Like, Roxy has to always give, like, Roxy in her 11 o'clock number, um, where she's just in her dress alone, still has to add that line. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you can uh, you can marry Larry, but you're still going to blow stew or whatever it is. <laughs> Mess around with Ike. Mess around with Ike. Like, she just has to add that little part of it, and Chicago does as well. This is Roxy's movie. If this was Velma's movie, I think that it would be classier. And maybe dirtier in some ways, but like a different movie. This is Roxy's gross movie. Well, we are doing terribly at speed round, but I enjoyed all of that. Sometimes ladies should just kill dudes, right? Are we all on the same page of that? Yes. I'm so so scared. My wife's going to kill me, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, man. Statistically, you're way more likely to kill her. Oh, I'm not worried anymore. Thanks, Greg. (laughs) Don't worry, everybody. Greg with the math. (laughs) Is... Catherine Zeta-Jones in this movie the most attractive anybody has ever looked ever in the history of mankind. I think this might be it. Yes. Like if yeah. it's, it might be the top five. If people talk about like Elizabeth Taylor movies. I don't. Whatever. I watched a Marilyn Monroe movie the other day. It's very beautiful. But this is it, guys. This is this is peak wow. Hollywood. How? Oh, we did that. Does <laughs> Chicago have anything to say about the carceral system? <laughs> uh. Almost nothing outside of get a good lawyer. 
Yeah, you have five thou. I think that's the, yeah. the key. You have five thou. Uh, I would like to always, if I get in, put into prison, I want a bra that holds dollar bills. <laughs> that's how you get through. Nobody says the bears while eating deep dish pizza. Does that make this a whole big pile of fake bullshit? And would this movie have been better if everybody had thick, luxurious Chicago accents? Yes, Hell one yes. million percent. Hey, a deep dish pizza. I'm eating it over here in the prison. The answer's no, Mike. There's the, no. That would there should have been a there should have been a music number called Why? One Wish Deep Dish, and it should have been all about Why? deep dish. And it should have like on the surface, it should like be laudatory of deep dish pizza, but should really be an incisive commentary on the disaster that is Chicago style pizza. Oh, oh you don't like it's bread? You. you don't like fucking bread? I don't like a big like a big tomato bisque foisted <laughs> on my on my table. I want a cheese pizza. I want it thin. I want it floppy. You you want pizza on graham crackers? Is that what you want? Little I want it, I want I want floppy foldable slices, Ryan. I want to fold those bad here, boys up. Here, here we got an entire pool full of tomatoes <laughs> and that runs red like the blood in our streets. <laughs> I like that because that's also somebody who's against Chicago violence. Um, I can only imagine Rob Marshall replaying George Went on SNL saying, sound like this, guys, sound like this. And that would have been a terrible movie. I don't want that. A musical is only as good as its music. How do these tunes stack up? And would you, have you, and do you bump this soundtrack? I, I, every Broadway musical, every movie musical has like, what do we think? Like, it bats 500, maybe, if you're Yeah, lucky. dude. It's like yeah. it's almost like they intentionally put in bad songs so yeah, that the good songs will sound better. <laughs> yeah, which is how, like, that's how Pearl Jam makes an album, right? Like, that's just how you do it. But uh, One for you, are... one for you, one for nobody. <laughs> uh, I think this movie, um, and plus, you know, we have visuals, so, like, I, I don't, I can't imagine watching the, uh, or listening to the, uh, they went for the gun. Oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! That song in my headphones, but like to It'd watch it live, yeah, it's it's great. The soundtrack. The soundtrack also has a, a song that didn't make it to the movie, um, and it's like uh, all about how everyone's dumb twats. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny and pretty ribald. Is it called dumb twats? What? I can't remember exactly what it's called. I think it's, oh, it's called People Today. Are we changing the name of this podcast to Dumb Twats? Dumb Here, I, Mike, can I have a speed round question real quick? <laughs> sure. Who out of the four of the, of of us, who would be the best ventriloquist and who would be the best on the knee of that person doing Taylor's on the, knee. on the dummy. I we the, all know yeah, I'm with a bullet. <laughs> with like like that wasn't even a question. And I'm gonna say Mike because he's so adept at pulling the strings. Ooh. He really is, man. We don't even know how we're being manipulated right now. But you've all said exactly what yeah, I wanted you to say. Exactly. So yes, we do know, and it's nicely. Why wasn't Bunk there to investigate the murder of Jimmy McNutty? <laughs> Listen, if he had been there, he would have said "fuck" five hundred times, and he would have fucking solved it. And he you know, they would bring in the mayor to give us a shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Why was and that fine. part of the wire? Where they would just have this cartoonish person. Say this word in a cartoonish way. It's, and then do you remember he right? reprised it? For, yes. Uh, he does it in every role he yes, does. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that's so the mayor does do it. The, the person you're thinking of is Senator Clay Davis. Who does it even, so many people say it, it must be a real Baltimore thing because for a while different people are competing and then Clay Davis is like, no, 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 everybody shut up. She. <laughs> I'm going to do it the most. 
Is Mr. Cellophane right up there with Creep as an all-time loser anthem? <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. I'll, More I'll like Mr. My in cellophane. <laughs> Fuck. That's incredible. <laughs> that's, I, I'll, I'll put Mr. Cellophane on. I'll blast it in my headphones. I'll walk around and just like think, think about sad clowns. And that's, <laughs> that's all I need. Speaking of like not arcing, he sings that song halfway through the movie. And then we get to the end scene where she's like, baby, what baby? And he just walks away. Mr. Cellophane. No arc. Mr. Cellophane. He's just invisible. Wow. That is all the time we have for Speed Round. We're going to take the quickest breaks and we come back. It's award season. Well, that is very, very funny or very sad. And perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic. And perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at your pop filter email contacts at your pop filter hey everybody keep watching them movies taste buds we talked a little bit about this up at the top chicago was nominated for 12 academy awards it won half of those so it's kind of a loser that's i mean (laughs) well i mean that yeah six that's six oscars mike that's 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 sort of like the uh Oh, you you got a bronze medal at the Olympics. Too bad you didn't win. Oh, good job. <laughs> oh, you got a gold medal, but it was in skiing. Okay, too bad. <laughs> I'm sort of more into the summer Olympics, but no, no, that's fine. I'm a summer guy. I'm summer Greg. I, Everybody knows I, about I, me. I only like the ones where they shoot guns. <laughs> you would. Well, we're gonna give it even more awards because we think it wasn't awarded enough. Starting with. Best musical number not named Cell Block Tango. Greg? When You're Good to Mama, Mama's Good to You. Probably the, the best vocal work, uh, one of the one of the sauciest numbers. The double entendres are like just so fun. Um, I deserve, I, life is a game of tit or tat. That's the way I like to live. I deserve a lot of tat for what I got to give. Is probably like... <laughs> One of the lines I'm most jealous of not having written. The meter is perfect. The way it folds in, the way she delivers it is like, and her decolletage is, of course, bewitching in that number. And so it's like, it's kind of already on your mind a little bit as she's like rounding the corner and you realize what she's going to say. Hey, Mike, uh, real quick. Decolletage was bewitching is a nice way of saying. Them fangs were fanging, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for fanging. She is That's so beautiful in this. So classy. I feel like in 2002, I was not quite as in touch with how like transcendently beautiful she is in this number because I had like you said, Ryan, I had kind of grown up with Queen Latifah. Right. And so like, I just didn't see her that way. Uh, and in the number, it was She's like just a friend. Yeah. But it's like, uh, it's kind of like when uh, Halloween rolls around and like you have that one frumpy friend who gets all sexed up and you're like wait a minute hang on yeah this <laughs> this person just wears wears baggy sweaters but they've actually got a really nice body uh and but back then i didn't know now it's just like she is so so gorgeous in this yeah back then you were like kate moss that's what i'm into i don't know i guess yeah like oh because like look at renee zeller at me it, with your bones the people in this movie are thin dude it, it is really it's a kind of upsetting by modern standards um yeah, I like th- going back to like uh, being a musician. You know, like uh, Richard Gere owns the stage, owns the scene, owns whatever he does. Uh, Queen Latifah does both things. Just like I'm a musician and a star all at the same time. Mm. 
they couldn't have found five of these for this movie, but they did find one. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan, what is your best number? I'm going to go with uh, John. Tango. I don't know what C stands for, so I'm going to say Chon. <laughs> I'm gonna John, go, John, John Riley. I'm going to go with John, Sean Riley. And Mr. Cellophane. I think that this is, yes. outside of uh, Subplot Tango, um, the most iconic song. Uh, I think it's the most like reference song out of Subplot Tango. My heart belongs to Roxy Hart. I just, mm. I love any time when a uh, very pretty woman is surrounded by uh, 10 of the gayest dudes you've ever seen and like, they're doing a number together. Like uh, that Roxy Hart scene, I love. But um, I think that Mr. Cellophane uh, sort of has it all. And this shows you what musicals can sort of do as from like a screenwriting angle of like, mm. we have not seen Amos in a while. Let's give him a song. And let's give him a heartbreaking song where, like, it will always seem like we have just seen him because we will always have Mr. Cellophane in our hearts from then on, from here on out. Taylor, it looks like you agreed. Yes, Mr. Cellophane is also my pick. It's I have forgotten most of this movie, and I still would just periodically sing Mr. Cellophane to myself. Like oh, it buddy. just for some reason for some reason it just gets stuck in my head. Uh, and what what a, what a what a what a great performer John C. Riley is, and it's insane that I mostly know him from Talladega Nights. <laughs> <laughs> He's another one that, looking back on this, uh, it's funny he like looks so young and handsome compared to like when I saw it because I was like twenty when I saw it, so I was like, look at this old guy, balding and pudgy. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, the flower of youth. <laughs> it's it's crazy how like uh, in Guardians, uh, <laughs> there's something that space does to Chris Pratt, and it like floats out all of his the parts of his face. <laughs> And that's just what life has done to John C. Riley. It's really hard to watch. <laughs> Sexiest moment, Taylor. Yeah, that's Catherine Zeta-Jones doing all the chair work, for sure. Like, it's it's there's not even like a close second in this movie for me. She's she's like kicking a chair around. She's like swing. At one point, she sits she sits on it backwards like a cool youth pastor. Like, <laughs> what like what are you what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do to that? Ask me to not like it? Not in this not in this century. You know like, another guy who got railroaded by the justice system, <laughs> and he's never been more popular. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones, incredible. I swear to God, Taylor and I did not do this together, but <laughs> I have to, have to, for this award, um, talk about Catherine Zeta-Jones doing both sides of the number that mm. Roxy could be a part of. This, I think when she does a lot of the chair work, of uh, just like, please, Roxy, like me. And that's not necessarily what I find sexy about it. <laughs> uh, but she's just so into it, and she's like, she does this thing where, like, I am skilled enough to be here, but I'm also not skilled enough where I don't have to try really hard to get you to like me, which is mm. sort of like everybody in the movie is doing this thing of, like, working harder than I need to. You know, Broadway is supposed to be, like, it's not necessarily ballet, but, like, ballet is, like, all smooth and graceful, and this right. is, like, watch me sweat. I have See the sweat. sweat, yeah, dripping on stomp, you. Stomp, sweat, sweat, stomp. And Catherine in this part, and... Uh, Renee's not given that much to do. She has to like roll her eyes every time it cuts to her. But Catherine Zeta Jones in this movie is in this scene and in this movie is just woof, woof. And Gregory, sexiest moment. It is clear to me listening to what Ryan said that Ryan likes a girl with a little pick me energy, which I think is totally <laughs> cool. But for me, <laughs> I need a woman who's a queen. 
this movie, this movie taught me a lot of stuff upon uh, on this viewing here, and one of them is that I am very much a huge fan of Queen Latifah, and I think her once again, when you're good to mama, her uh, song and dance number. Just the the other side of it being funny and entertaining is that she just looks dynamite in it, and her performance is very sexy and fun. I want to call out, and there's a lot through this, but in uh, Cell Block Tango, specifically uh, the I forget which Pop Squish Six she is, but the she says some guys just can't hold their arsenic, and she's like straddling him while yes. str- like strangling him and pulling his guts out of his mouth. That's what I'm in. Yeah. Hey, how, how, how come the first half of Subplot Tango, they all said their catchphrases, but in the back yeah. half, that went away, didn't it? Yes, uh, and that bothered me a lot. It did me too. It was like, I'm guessing should... it got annoying as a number. <laughs> Cringiest moment, Greg. There is a little bit of a flub in this. A cringe can be a lot of things, but there's a little bit of a mistake in here. Uh, in uh, a number, um, Velma says, uh, I'd say, she'd say, what's your sister like? I'd say men. I think she's misunderstanding what the question means. What is your sister like? And what, like, how does she come across? You know, like, what are her characteristics? Gregory, I'd like to take you to a city called Vaudeville. (laughs) (laughs) And they made it into the final cut. So I, I, I guess nobody caught that, but I kind of cringe. I was like, whoop, whoop, misunderstanding there. Awkward. Oof. Ha. <laughs> you fall on Robin Williams. Oof. Ha. Oh. Awkward. Oh. 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 Ha. Shah <laughs> 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 Hey, Mike, I swear, dude, in the new Zelda game, listen to the noises Link makes and imagine Austin Butler's Elvis. Because there's so many times where Link is climbing and he's like, Hoo. Oh. Hoo. <laughs> 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 ha. 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 Mike, uh, Drop Pad has been an absolute disaster tonight. And we have to have a meeting. <laughs> I would love to switch it all to our impressions of Robin Williams, everything he does. <laughs> Uh, all right, Ryan, what was your cringe? Uh, there's a point where I think this is Richard Gere's first song where he just keeps taking off his clothes. And at the end, his razzle dazzle moment was just to rip off his underwear and just be naked. Just have his open ass gear penis where gerbils can crawl out of any orifice well, that he's they want. trying to release the gerbil. Uh, I thought that was weird. Like. I always watch these movies because the dancers are always, even in like these edited shots that we're getting, copping a feel. Like they're like going for it. Like they <laughs> grab hands, move to boobs and butts. Um, but yeah, just to pull up your underwear and have that be your razzle dazzle. Uh, it made me cringe, Mike. I wonder if they, if part of that is like, all the women have to be in their underwear for so much of it. So they're like, get the guy out there. Get him. Like, even if it looks yeah. awful to everybody, get him out there in his undies. I don't show his big hard cock. Show his <laughs> tiny cold wiener. That's what's adorable. You can choose. There are two penises inside. <laughs> <laughs> Always fighting each other. Which one will you feed? <laughs> Taylor, cringiest moment. Uh, mine comes very early in the film. There is one single shot, or like in, at the, like the opening scene of the film, when Roxy and McNulty walk outside, and it shows nighttime Chicago, yeah. and it's the worst CGI I've ever seen. It was so obvious and so bad, like obvious. Like I listen, I know it was two thousand two. 
we were, we were exploring the space with CGI, <laughs> but it's 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 so obviously an indoor stage that they poorly CGI'd like old timey trains in the background onto, and I was like, oh no, like it made me think, is this movie gonna be bad? <laughs> what are the clouds with Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> Someone in the background actually said, it's the olden times. <laughs> wow. And then somebody uh, from a truck threw out a stack of papes. The headline, it's the olden times. It's the olden times. <laughs> extra, extra, it's the past. <laughs> pound for pound performance, Greg. Man, I'm going to uh, pull a mic here and say, make mine Renee. Renee Zellweger is giving us like so many <laughs> different levels um we see her as like kind of at first she kind of seems like a turnip like maybe she's fell off the turnip truck uh but we do get to see that she's kind of calculating almost right away all the way to like the star um the like the persona of her on stage versus the persona of her when she's sort of like her character i just thought like she was doing so much and making it like a movie, like she was doing so much with her face in a way that in a stage musical you just couldn't do because no one has any idea what's going on with people's faces from 35 feet away or whatever it is. Um, so Renee Zellweger. Taylor. I'm going to, if we're doing pound for pound, I'm going Lucy Lou. She's in one scene, <laughs> but she fucking, she's she a tiger. She's she's a tiger. Uh, she nails it. She steals all the attention. Uh, and this is right during the period of Lucy Liu's career, where she was just like in an un like an undeniable string of movies where she was like the most famous. And then she just was like, "All right, I'm done. I'm going to do voice work for a while, and then I'm going to show up as myself and stuff." But like in this, she's in one scene. She nails that scene. We don't need any more of her. Like, great, you 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 crushed it. Yeah, she did crush it. Ryan. I think you two are crazy. I do want to say straight up to Renee, uh, who I said, I said to my wife, I says, uh, <laughs> the other night, like, man, that's crazy that she was in Chicago. She never gets enough credit. Uh, Reese Witherspoon never gets enough credit. She was like, what'd you say? Yeah, I, that's how little credit she gets. I can't <laughs> remember her name. Um, but her in this movie, I love how in this five-year span, she just kept challenging herself with movies like Chicago, which she should not be cast in, and Bridget Jones' Diary, which she should not be cast in. She was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. We'll see what happens. But it's Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's fucking CZJ. Like, there is nobody that steals this movie more than Catherine Zeta. There's nobody that's ever stolen any movie in the history of movie making more than Velma. Yeah, I'm a Velma Kelly man myself. That's the exact Correct. opposite of what I said. I know. <laughs> don't I, tell my Renee. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Velma Dinkley man. So you don't prefer Renee, Mike, and you do like Kelly? Yep, that's what I'm saying <laughs> yep. here. Y'all heard it first. <laughs> On the radio for Names. anyone to hear. Director's signature moment, Taylor. Uh, I'm going to go um, for for this one. I think like... In general, this director's signature moment is letting a beautiful, talented woman give an all-out performance that garners her well-earned and deserved awards recognition. <laughs> that's that's just that's just the thing that this man is so great at. Even if it's even if it's you know an award that is being given, not necessarily for the performance itself, but like their career. 
he just crushes it. Like a, a half of his movies, I think, have an what? Oscar nominee. Was Meryl Streep nominated for Into the Woods? Yes, she was. Unfortunately, was shit, yes, she was. That's insane. Mer- Meryl Streep for Into the Woods. In a trash ash movie. Uh, I think he got Penelope Cruz uh, an Oscar nomination. He got like half of this cast uh, Oscar nominations. That's the thing he's good at is just being like, all right, most of this movie is gonna be bad. I'm gonna give you my favorite actress. You're gonna, you're just gonna have like at least one number that's gonna get you an Oscar nomination. <laughs> Ryan, what is yours? Uh, <laughs> this has already been given out uh, for an award or nominated for an award as worst moment. Uh, but I'm gonna say the outside of Chicago, uh, <laughs> the like driving that paddy wagon away. Is that okay to say still? Paddy wagon? Is that well, you're nice? of you, you're of Irish heritage. I can right? say, it. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's okay. your word. I According to 23andMe, I can 17% say that. <laughs> My mother was a wagon, so I can definitely say that. Um, but yeah, I, I love that shit, that whole Dick Tracy thing we were talking about before of like, man, I just created a world. I'm not James Cameron, but I'm not not, you know? Like, I am going to sort of make this thing where like people sing and people dance, and this is what the outside of our world looks like. And it isn't distracting. It is... Uh, invigorating and it brings me into the movie more now that I know what the world looks like well argued Greg Uh, so very clearly uh, he went for sort of like we gotta get name recognition and talented people and if they can sing that's really good but obviously nobody has to be like a great dancer except for maybe a couple of the leads Uh, but the most egregious moment of him using like cuts and edits to get around bad dancing has to be in the Billy Flynn number um, when he like is going to go do a tap dance number and he literally looks down at his feet because he's about to start tip tapping and then he kind of moves like he's doing it and then the camera cuts to his feet which then pre- <laughs> proceed to tip tap and then it cuts back to like his shoulders and they're going up and down Man. what about the part where like it cuts up and Rob Marshall has strings and he's moving <laughs> the feet <laughs> But those are the things that are supposed to help like hide the rough dancing, right. and instead it just really feels like taking a highlighter. A giant highlighter. Just, yeah. <laughs> I, I truly Whoa. believe, after watching this movie, that they thought that they had it. And then, yeah, that they had done it. And <laughs> the editing bay, they were like, we did not. We do not have it. <laughs> and that's, that's why it's cut like this. We should have done a couple more takes where some people danced <laughs> in time to the music. And the easy thing is, like, Moulin Rouge was a big hit, and... You know, like we want to attract a younger audience, like an MTV. That's how we edit now. But I think that they just didn't have it. Our final award (laughs) recommendation. Ryan, if they liked this, what should they check out? Mike, I know that Pop Filter Hall of Famer Lin-Manuel Miranda is kind of a bummer now. Like that was a quick. No, it was a long uh, go to the top. And then like, boop. He fell off that mountain. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to bring up Tick, Tick, Boom, a movie that is just for musical heads. Like, it is a movie he directed, and it's about Broadway, and there's a scene where there's a diner on Broadway, and then all the Broadway stars come out, and if you don't know who these people are, you're like, this is the fucking, what the, who What's are going these on fucking here? people? <laughs> like, why don't they show us a deep dish pizza and a murder or something? <laughs> Uh, but Le Memo Miranda, like r- this, this ode to Broadway, I think is really good. I think Andrew Garfield is just, despite his fucking 
show last year where he prayed to Mormonos. What was that called? Like, <laughs> under, under the banner, the banner of, of heaven. heaven. Under yeah. the banner of heaven. Um, I think that uh, In the Heights was sort of like that got fucked by the pandemic, and then right. Tick 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 Boom sort of did too. Go back and watch Tick Tick Boom. It's really interesting about how all of this shit gets produced. Great wreck, Greg. What do you got? Um, so. Uh, I had never really seen this musical before, and it's at first it's going to sound like I'm recommending the opposite of Chicago, and in a way I am. The the uh, Apple TV show Smigadoon, uh, this season they're doing <laughs> Chicago, but season one was very clearly based on the musical The Music Man. The Music Man and Brigadoon. Is... Oh, Brigadoon. Oh, Those yeah. Two. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, uh, I'm going to highlight The Music Man, because I guess that's what I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, the Music Man is at first it just seems like this really dumb, over-the-top, kind of stupid Americana musical, but it kind of goes crazy a little bit, and it becomes very, like, self-aware, not in your face, but, like, it's obviously so aware of how absurd it's being, and they kind of very steadily just keep turning that dial up until the end of it, the conclusion of the movie, is an absolute complete break with reality where literally you see like people's dreams coming true on the stage (laughs) and it's got uh who is it robert preston from victor victoria Uh and this is a younger version of him and you see him uh with that same wit and verve that he has in victor victoria but instead of the old queen it's the young passing for heterosexual ish uh main character and it's just it is such an experience it is so weird you're going to for like 20 minutes of it think this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and it's like an assault on good taste. And then you're going to be like, no, this might literally be the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and it is such a pointed assault on good taste. And then you're like, hang on. I think this movie's taken me somewhere. The It's got a, a million uh, numbers. It's got uh, you know like musical numbers. Uh, it's very, very, very weird, and I couldn't recommend it more. The Do you know what it is? Man. It's like uh, it fills in that spot that CXG has left for us. CXG? CXG? Crazy ex We're all friend. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and one of my favorite musicals. <laughs> Taylor, what do you recommend? I, I'm not joking when I say this. If you, if you liked Chicago, ignore whatever you've heard about it. I really think that you are going to like the movie Showgirls. All right. <laughs> we've got, we've got women behaving very badly. All, all in pursuit of getting on stage to be adored. Like the only thing they want is like to be. There's, there's sort of like a, 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 a like colleague yet like antagonistic relationship between the uh, the young blonde and the and the slightly older, more established brunette. Kind of uh, like an F one team. Sort of like an F one team for sure. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and, and like there's just crime it's it's all dancing there's there's it goes it's hitting it it's hitting it towards the back of the auditorium on every single scene so it, it's less music so if the music wasn't your vibe in chicago i'm telling you you're, you're gonna love the movie showgirls and if you can watch if you can find the tv version that's a tight 45 minutes and you get to see very poorly see like like ms painted on bras in certain scenes that they couldn't cut around for, with the nudity it's great it, you're gonna love it that is a great recommendation 
Uh, mine is going to be John Waters' musical Cry Baby. Uh, it's absurd. It's big. It's bright. It's flashy. They sing in a jail. It's the first thing I thought of. Iggy Pop is in it in a bathtub in his front yard scrubbing his little booty. <laughs> does, that, does that have Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp, it yeah. Johnny Do you Depp. love Johnny Depp? I was Depp? trying to not talk about Johnny you Depp. You love it's Johnny before, Depp? He was so young. He was so young. Sure. He hadn't done all the terrible things yet. Pro- he was probably great back then. I love John Waters and not Johnny Depp. We are going to take the quickest of breaks, and when we come back, we're going to talk about who won and how Chicago going to do in the bracket. Taste Buds, it all comes down to this. Sure, we had a good time and really analyzed the crap out of that movie, but who's going to go home with the prize and who's going to hang from their necks? Are you doing Chicago <laughs> right now? We're Chicagoing with the accent? Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah. Who's going to win the prize and who's going to have to eat the Chicago deep dish pizza? Who's going to be all those ladies who did actually murder? And who's going to be the person who's like, oh, I'm from Hungary and I'm innocent. (laughs) That's exactly what someone guilty from Hungary would say. Guilty for something, at least. Hungry for for something, at least. (laughs) Hungry for some deep dish. Hanger. Do you really? Honestly, guys, imagine the Papa John's commercials in 1920. Like, this bitch was, of course, hungry for some Papa John's. <laughs> it writes itself. Well, let's get to it. I will unveil the order of winnings. Taylor, it's so yeah. good to have you back, my friend. Thanks. And you made a fine showing with 59 points. Great. Nothing to sneeze at. Did that's, I win? That's killer. <laughs> Are those winning numbers? Well, it almost is winning, except Greg got 61 points. Whoa. That's There's more. not going to be anything higher than that. That's close to Taylor. Hold and the show. Hold the that phone. That is so good. Yeah. But Ryan got 65 points, taking what? the whole thing home. So I, I love you guys. I hate to do this, but you're both hung now. Uh, I remember now why I, why I stopped doing this podcast. I remember now why <laughs> I took a no, break. No, it hurts when you lose, but it rules when you win. Uh, Mike, can I just real quick? I have so many people to thank. Uh, the movie Chicago, the city Chicago. Um, <laughs> uh, just my brain. Mike is a host. Mike's fingers as uh, giving out points. And then Taylor and Greg, of course, for being lesser than. Glad I could be a service. That's all I care about. Well, Joke's on you, Ryan, because losing was actually very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> this crowd doesn't know how to I don't. I don't us. understand the sitcom we are on right now. <laughs> just horny (laughs) how is chicago gonna do in the bracket i have a good feeling i don't know that was that was like a lot of entertainment to have thrown at us all at the same time like that's kind of i don't want to say like it's gonna waltz or anything like that um but what if this takes the whole bitch down yeah dude uh, all you need is a couple like more arty movies to kind of split the vote on each other mm, yeah. and then next thing yeah. you know we're just like you know what the most fun we had at the movies was in 2002 it was chicago it's hard to beat a really positive viewing experience yes, yes. i fucking me and my wife were just high-fiving this entire movie watching like we were just like fuck yeah chicago baby <laughs> the biggest grin on my face in years was watching this movie. And I I, like, look, I love doing this show. This podcast is great. It introduces me to so many fucking great movies about death, uh, skulls mm-hmm. getting stepped on. Uh, genocide, I, Ryan. Gen- don't genocide, I love. Uh, uh, eyeballs popping out of skulls. Oh, yeah, right. All, all the best things in the movie. This one, man, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it did it at the Oscars. 
Let me ask. Are we better than them? Yes, but <laughs> it could do it to us. Too. Have we done a uh, movie of the year is the best? Yes, we did. Right. What? Should I finish the question before I wait for an answer? <laughs> yeah. uh, have we done? <laughs> None of us can a, answer that. Has a movie of the year ever also won Best Picture? No. I it, do not believe so. Let me ask. No, you, one of them Green did. Book one of them close. has. I think that one of them has. Let me ask you, neck bearded, glassed, fucking pencil behind your ear, pencil protector, incel fucks this. Does this movie have a chance oh. against the two towers? Yes. Yeah. Obviously. It's going to really? smoke that. It's going to smoke su- that? That's, su- that's such an insane opinion to have. That it's going to smoke, smoke it? it? Yeah. The oh, Two I Towers thought, is so good. Yeah. I, I thought, I, I even liked the Two Towers. I thought that the Two Towers was going to like wreck this year. Oh, I, I, I don't think so, honestly. I think that the way in which, well, for me personally, the reason, the reason I'm saying it is the way in which I like the Two Towers is not the most strictly like movie of the year way. What's what is effective about Chicago is that it is kind of a popcorn movie, but I also feel like there are movie of the year ways in which it is interesting and exciting that gives it an edge over the two towers. And the other two I'm thinking about are um, adaptation. Mm-hmm. It's going to struggle there. And talk to her. Do you guys remember in 1997 we recorded so an episode ago. about <laughs> talk to her? Yes. The uh, Pedro Almodovar movie. Blew us away. It's out of Motivar. It's gonna, yeah. That's whew. that is a capital F film. Like, see that that's the kind of thing that like definitely could take it down. But I just think if that gets paired up against adaptation, next thing you know, it's They're through. See, okay, so so Greg is in full NBA playoffs mode right now. If <laughs> if talk to her, if adaptation <laughs> takes out talk to her, then we can win the championship by going around this way, and then actually Chicago can win. And I don't disagree with him. They'll probably yeah. be tired from their long series. <laughs> you know, they've got older players who are going to be a little run down. Well, I, I think based mostly on how Greg's like, our biggest Lord of the Rings guy, and he's like, two towers can't go on at all. And Taylor's like, uh, that's an absurd opinion to have. Taylor, right now, can I get you to sign the contract? Will you come back for the Twin Towers? No, I, ab- the twin I, abso- <laughs> I absolutely will come back for 9-11. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How could I forget that? <laughs> Never forget 9-11. Never forget Lord of the Rings. Never forget that the rest of the season we also have Catch Me If You Can, 25th Hour, and so much more. Until then, keep watching those movies. So, while Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected anywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic health care need for millions of people who can become pregnant. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. 
And we're already seeing certain medical practices be restricted even in those states. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's the number four, donationsforabortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlantCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, Choice.CRD.CO. That's choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. You can also find all the links to these resources at podvoices.help and in the show notes. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.